Welcome to another episode of The Session. I am Timothy Teach Jones. What's up, y'all? This is Dwight James Jr. Indeed, when we were talking a minute ago, man, we, 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 we've been dealing with issues in regards to marriage and dating and money and health. And, you know, one of the things that you said that resonated or connected all the dots was family. How important is family to you? Family is essential, Tim. Family is everything. You see that slogan a lot of times on social media, you know, hashtag families, everything. Mm -hmm. But it really is, you know, you have those like uh, comments or things or people say at the end of the day, family's going to still have your back. Mm. Family's going to be the one that's there for you. Yeah. And that's true. Family literally is everything. And so especially as we talk about purpose and things like that, a lot of times your purpose is connected to your family. Yeah. So family is essential. Yeah, man. And when I think about family, you know, you and I were talking offline about our kids and, you know, marriages and things like that, you know, in regards to that dynamic of family. But man, I think about our parents and I think about how we grew up and I had the pleasure of, you know, knowing your father before he passed. And I know your mother and your entire right. family, your brothers, your sisters, and, you know, and you know, all my family, it, it, it's bigger than us and our children. Um, and, and I know we'll get into that later, but I think about the relationships that we have with our siblings, our parents, and that stuff matters. And I work with a lot of foster youth now, you know, periodically speaking at conferences. And, you know, you don't really understand the dynamic of having a family till you meet a kid that doesn't have one. And they, they don't have Absolutely. a sister to call or their sister lives in a different home in a different city. And you just see the deficiency that they have. And my heart goes out to the people who actually have brothers and sisters and don't speak to them. Yeah, no, family, family is important to me. You know, we're spread out. You know, we're in California now and Texas, Georgia, uh, Wyoming, mm. different places. And now I'm trying to make sure I named everybody because I'll get a message later. You didn't say me. Exactly. But shout out to we, <laughs> shout out to everybody. I love my siblings. We are still connected as if we were all under the same roof. Yeah. You know, and that takes work. Yeah. You have to communicate and all that. So, I mean, that's, that's essential. Essential family, family is really, really important. And, and we haven't discussed this. So I really want a genuine answer with you having, you probably got as many siblings as I do. Cause I come from a family of six. Is it mm -hmm. difficult for you to keep in contact with everyone? Do you guys have like a family group chat? Uh, do you make, do you guys prefer phone calls? There are, there are people listening to this podcast and they haven't, they need to reconnect with their family or they don't maintain those relationships and they haven't talked to their siblings in years. And you know that, you know, you and I, you know, we have listeners to this podcast all over the world. So, you know, some of them are in yes. the United States, but then they got family in France or they got family in Africa. What, yeah. what do you do specifically to stay close to your extended family? That's awesome. I love this question. Family, what we do, um, we have a group chat where we're all, you know, all together. So we'll send messages, different types of memes and stuff. There's no telling what will show up in this group <laughs> chat that we have as a family. And then... Um, we have like everybody's not on the iPhone yeah. and stuff like that. So we have FaceTime as a group for some of us. And then we have Google Duo 
um, so that everybody could get in. But uh, using my brother as an example, I we did Google Duo the other day, and you know, it was just cutting up as if we were sitting on the couch, you know, chilling it. like on Christmas morning. So we had we use technology to our advantage, and for those of you who uh, have siblings that you haven't seen or you know your distance. I recommend, you know, FaceTime, obviously text messages mm-hmm. are excellent, but if you could do FaceTime and actually see the person or do Google Duo or, you know, it's some of these other ones, that's a great opportunity to stay connected. To and family. do you know also that, you know, you and I have friends and family that are international. So for those that are listening, WhatsApp, W-H-A-T-S app, yes. you guys can call for free, you know, all over yes. the world. So that's another one. And Dwight, I think about you and I, you know, as we talk about family and brothers and sisters, which is critical. And we'll, I know we're going to talk about our parents and, you know, the advice that they've given us, et cetera. But you and I, the unique thing about us is that we're fathers. And so raising a family in today's society is different than the way we came up in the 70s and 80s and 90s. There's so much more that they're dealing with. What suggestions do you have for people that are raising families? How are you doing it effectively with destiny? And I don't mind sharing about my girls in a minute as well. Yeah. Well, there's a difference now, you know, there's a difference between the Cosby's like we grew up watching mm-hmm. the Cosby's and things like that. Now there's, you know, I think there's a show called Modern right, Family yeah, yeah. or different things like that. So there's different even examples of what a family actually looks like nowadays, mm-hmm. Tim. And so the way I, I personally, my wife and I, we raise our daughter just, you know, under like our faith, like our faith-based values and try to instill to her, she's only five right now, but try to instill to her like the truths that, you know, that we believe in everything like that. Going to school now, you have a different dynamic that she deals with versus when we were in school, you know? She'll go to school and might have, you know, she might see a kid with two dads or she might see a kid with Mm -hmm. two moms. When I went to school, I didn't necessarily see that. Not saying that it wasn't fair. I just didn't see it at the particular school Mm -hmm. I was at. And so now raising uh, a little one in today's society, you have to be one. You have to be more honest with yourself and you have to be. Uh, more honest with others because they're going to come home with questions, you know? And so in order to answer those questions, you have to really do some soul searching and find out what is it that you really believe and what is it that is uh, morally acceptable to you? Yeah. You know, you, you, you made a great point when you opened it up talking about families looking different because now we're dealing with more blended families. Um, You know, I'll use myself and my brother as an example. When my brother got, remarried recently, my father made a comment that day that I hadn't thought about. And he said, he said in one day he became a husband. Uh, He had a, he had one son. He became a father of four and a grandfather in one day. So that's the new family, so to speak, um, in, in, in many dynamics. But you and I talked offline about how we have to deal with the influx of um, police brutality, political issues, um, bullying, you know, social media, And for me, having two teenage daughters, 18 and 16, we have to, one thing that I want the listeners to know is you got to communicate. Communication is essential 
um, to raising a family in today's society. Social media is communicating with them every day. Um, and the television is communicating with them. Their friends are communicating with them. And you have to be one of those voices. And that even includes having everybody come together. If you guys are all under the same roof, maybe you have dinner together. You know, maybe you all, you know, agree to turn the phones off for an hour. Maybe you have a family meeting. That's one thing that I've done for years. And the family meeting, the, the purpose is not to, you know, make it formal and uncomfortable. It's to create a platform for everyone to share what they want, need, and desire, how they're doing in school, but put the phones away because that's the opportunity Absolutely. to maintain that communication because the parents have to be the primary influence in a world that's saturated with so many voices. So yes, it is a challenge to raise a family in today's society, but it's definitely possible. And Diaz, your daughter gets older, because I mean, I listen to you, sometimes we're on the phone, you got me on speakerphone. Destiny's coming in the room talking now. She's not just sitting there doing mumbo jumbo. She's telling you, she's correcting you sometimes, like, Dad, I would play with my friend today. And you say, who, Molly? No, Molly doesn't go to my school. That was vacation Bible school. <laughs> So <laughs> as she's getting older and, and developing a voice of her own, what suggestions would you make to parents who have smaller children and how they need to develop that foundation of communication? You have to communicate like you just said a minute ago. That was a great point. I communicate with my little one, my daughter, every single day. She's in kindergarten now. And so there's, our, there's hours of the day that her and I are apart. And so... There are voices, teachers, principals, you know, people like that at her school who talk to her all day long. And if I'm not careful, my voice will be drowned out compared mm. to theirs. So I have to make sure we usually do it at dinner time and then do it at, at bath time where I just sit down and talk to her, ask her questions such as how mm -hmm. was your day? Uh, who did you sit next to at lunch today? You know, what did you have for lunch today? What, you know, what were your teachers doing today? I want to know like details and see, I want to set it up early mm -hmm. on. I don't want destiny ever to feel as if she cannot come and talk exactly. to me about anything, you know? And so we're like starting now about, I tell her every day, you know, how beautiful she is and how proud I am of her. and. Tim, affirmation is critical yes. to the little ones. Uh, she's learning to read right now. And so, you know, she'll learn, she'll say a word. And I'm just like, oh, baby, I'm so proud of you. You are doing great. You're an excellent yeah. reader. You know, as she's, as she's learning and evolving and developing, those positive words of affirmation are critical, yeah. you know, because the teachers, teachers do a great job over there but they're not the mm -hmm. parents. And so as parents, we can't allow the teachers to take our place. So advice to ones, you know, if you have little ones, please listen every day. I know you come in tired. You know, you didn't have a long day at work. Now you got to cook. Now you got to get ready for the next day. But please make it a point. Sit down with your children every single day and ask them, how their day was and and not only ask them but listen to their response because they're telling you exactly and d when you talk about especially the communication and you use the word with the little ones well as they get older while you're talking i'm thinking about how those conversations become a little bit more difficult 
as they get older, difficult meaning you got to sit down and talk to them about sex or you, know, you have to have the conversation about dating, et cetera. But what I hear you saying is don't put the cart before the horse, establish that foundation of open communication. Yeah. And for me, like when my, my girls, and I, I love the fact that you and I are fathers and I know that there are women listening to this podcast who have daughters and I have had many people that listen tell me, hey, I make my kids listen to the podcast. So that's great, too. Yes. Fathers, yes. you're the first boyfriend your daughters will ever have. Oh, and this is what I mean by that. I've been doing what's called daddy dates with my daughters since they were Destiny's yes. age, where it's just me and them, not their mom. And I would take them out uh, once a week. Uh, we used to do it on Wednesdays, and it wasn't expensive. We could go get a hamburger. And we would sit on the floor and watch Sesame Street or, you know, Shrek or something that came out. And as the years progressed, then, you know, this week might be more special. And we're going to move Daddy Date to Saturday and we're going to go, you know, to GameStop and, or, 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 or some amusement park. But it, it didn't have to be expensive. It was about the consistency of it. And then when my daughters turned 12, we decided that at that age, we would talk to them about sex. The conversation wasn't as difficult. They already trusted us. They trusted me as their father. I got the encyclopedia. I got the, you know, pictures of the anatomy. I got all of the, you know, data that I would present to other youth when I was a youth mentor for years. And we went through everything from teenage pregnancy to STDs to why you should wait. And it was an easier pill to swallow because we had already established that trust. Yeah, you, the fact that you already had that foundation and see, I've been around you and your girls for years. And so I developed that same, you know, Destiny and I do daddy-daughter mm -hmm. dates. And like you said, it doesn't have to be uh, expensive. You know, we would go to the park or uh, I would pick her up from preschool and then we would go, go get a cookie or go have some ice cream or, you know, little things like that. And see, what you're doing is you're creating memories. Yeah. And Destiny, she's five, but she still recalls daddy used to pick her up from school. And when I picked her up from school, we would go here or we would do this, yeah. you know. And as she gets older, my belief and confidence is as when I get ready to have those conversations with her regarding sex and things like that, because if you can tell me about everything else as you're growing mm -hmm. up, when it's time to have some more serious conversations, you know, those conversations will be a little bit more, a little easier to swallow, yeah. you know, because we have this uh, history, track history, track yeah. record of having good conversations. So fathers, like Tim said, fathers, please, I don't care if your daughter is five or, you know, 15, please have honest conversations take them out on dates show them how they should be treated yeah. that's all that is is so important yeah and one thing you know because dwight somebody brought this up i think it was uh, one of the questions when we went live uh it may have been that or it may have been a comment that someone made to you or to me directly but people ask the question sometimes you know what if my child is 17 or what if you know what if we're not where destiny is and and yes thank you timothy for telling us that you know, you started with your daughters when they were little kids, but there are people listening before we move further that um, their kids are older. And I want you guys to know, because I don't want anybody to ever feel excluded. 
it's never too late. If you have a 16-year-old child and you never really communicated with them, you haven't even talked to them about sex, and that puts all of us at a disadvantage because, you know, I didn't hear about it until I heard about it in the street. But if you feel like, I feel bad, my child is older, they're a teenager, my strong suggestion is that you go to that teenager and apologize. We need to be the first model and the first blueprint for our children. How will you ever get to marriage where you are honest and sincere and apologetic if you don't do that now? And the humility that you demonstrate to them, you have no idea how much respect they'll have for you if you go to your 16-year-old daughter or son and say, you know what, I missed it and I was wrong and I'm sorry. Will you please forgive me for not talking to you openly? From this day forward, let's start working on it. Dee, do you, do you agree that it's, that it's never too late? And do you see people that have older kids and you, you actually see an opportunity for them to, to kindle or to uh, establish a strong relationship? I do. I completely agree. And I, I, I love the fact that you said, uh, you know, apologize. Because, again, that goes back to communication. And even if you did not start them off as, you know, five years old, picking them up from the park or 12 years old and taking them to the movies. And that child is 15, 16, 17 right now. It, and it is true. It's not too late to start. And wherever you are, wherever you are listening to this podcast, just start today. Yeah. You know, now it, when I tell my little one, hey, we're going to go to the movies, she's excited she's perking up because she's ready to go if this if this child is 17 18 and you're saying hey we're going to the movies you might have a bit of a right. struggle on your hands because they want to go be with their friends but you're setting this the a new foundation creating new memories mm -hmm. on what you want to do going forward so wherever you are just start today and have those conversations it now, Tim, yeah, go ahead. As as we're as we're talking about this, I'm thinking, what about the 16, 17 year old? The father's like, yeah, my daughter's already having sex, and we never we never had these conversations growing up. I never told her about the quote unquote birds and the bees, but now on the flip side, I see the repercussions mm. because she's out there having sex, doing her thing. What advice, suggestions do you have for that particular parent? Well, D, you know what's funny is that I just had this conversation with someone last night. It was a single mother, and she asked me that question directly, so that's weird. One, um, I would strongly su suggest that that father or mother um, go to that child. See, the good news is even though they're already a teenager and they're already having sex and it's going to be a challenge to get them to stop because if they're having sex and they're enjoying sex, and, you know, in the natural, you can't stop anybody from doing anything. However, kids, I was at a foster youth conference yesterday and we talked about this. Kids love um, restraint as much as parents will, will disagree with that. You go talk to a foster youth where they have a key to the house and nobody cares about them. They, they envy the child who has a curfew because it tells them that you care. So that child, even you if matter. it turns into a yes. fight even if it turns into a disagreement and stay out of my business and doors are slammed. I know a dad about two weeks ago who walked in the room with a screwdriver and took the door off the mother-loving hinges and said, that's it, no more door. 
And the daughter pouted, but she knew that daddy loved her. And by the end of the evening, they were literally sitting down because I was talking to the wife on the phone and she told me this because they were kind of like giving me updates on what was going on and asking me for suggestions. And the, the wife said that by the end of the evening, they were all sitting down and having a great conversation. That daughter saw daddy cares enough to take the door off my hinges so I can't slam it. And, and we're going to have open communication. If your child is already having sex and you never set that foundation to tell them the do's and the don'ts, go get you an encyclopedia, get you, um, you know, you can Google books and get, you know, the facts on when to talk to your kids about sex, how to talk to them. It's never too late to have that conversation. It's no different than someone sneaking and taking a car when they're 12. They still need to go to the DMV and take driver's ed to learn the proper fundamentals because you don't want that child to kill themselves. You're absolutely right. I was part of a mentorship program. It's called the Big Brothers, Big Sisters program. A lot of people probably heard mm -hmm. of it. And part of that program, Tim, I'm sitting down, you know, with my little brother and we're just talking, having conversation. And it's amazing. Like, like you said earlier, like kids really want restraint and they want to be valued. Yeah. That's the key. It's not so much the restraint as much as it is. I want to know that I matter, that my life matters. Mm. And talking to this uh, little one, little brother rather, I'm like focused in on him. Like nothing else around me is matters right now. I'm like zeroed in on him. And we created this bond. And that bond was based off of trust. It was based off of just intent communication. And so fathers, I'm telling you, like create these intentional moments mm. is what I call them, where you, whether it's, it's taking the door off the hinge, but not so much because of the door, it's now we've created this dialogue mm. and now we have these great dinners and these great moments. And, you know, she gonna help me put this door back on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, kids, I don't care what age they are. They want to know that they matter. Mm. Do you, do you care? Yeah. You know, that's important to them. And D, while we're on that subject, because I have daughters and you have, you have a daughter, my daughter's being a little bit older. I have to prepare for certain conversations that I'm going to have to have with them, you know, soon um, that have to do with, you know, dating and relationships, as you were alluding to earlier. Uh, I, I just want to add to what you said. If your child, male or female, is already having sex and you never talk to them about that, you guys never had that communication and you're wondering, to Dwight's point, what do I do now? Um you know, please take into consideration this point with your ch your children. They need the tools so that they can be successful and they need you to sit down um, and give them explicit truth. You, you have to understand, and this is not your fault. This is just reality. There's a reason why they're already having sex, because a lot of times young people can be deficient in a certain area. That, that doesn't mean that it's, that's the case all the time. That would be implying that a couple is married and one person cheats because they're not sexually satisfied. That's a lie. Uh, you can just be greedy. You can be a pig. So that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is sometimes <laughs> there's yeah. a child who doesn't get hugged and they don't get told, like Dwight says, 
I love you. I tell my daughters mm. every day, you're beautiful. You're amazing. I don't do yes. it like a routine because yes. I don't want it to sound predictable, but I'll find a creative way tomorrow to say, man, you, I love your eyebrows. Or then the next day, it'll just be like, you know, you, you really know how to pick friends. They are so responsible. And then the next day, you know, when they get their grade, I'll say, man, I know it took hard work for you to get that, didn't it? And they're like, yeah, I stayed up late every night. Maybe there's a child that doesn't necessarily get poured into every day because you can't give what you don't have. And if you didn't get that, I get it. I understand that it's very difficult for you to give that. But there's a reason that they're doing what they're doing. But they need you to intervene. Like now's your, I think Dwight said on dating, throw in the yellow flag. Like now is the opportunity <laughs> for you to throw a flag on the play yes. and say, okay, that's it. Yes. I know when I go to work because I'm a single parent and I work two jobs. I don't know what you're doing at home, but I tell you what, it stops now. And, and when I say yeah. stop, we need to start talking. I love Dwight saying taking the door off is not for, for me to prove that I'm in control. Now I've created an, an opening, you know, for me to get to you. No, it's true. And see, I have one daughter, Tim. You have two. Now, the challenge is, and I get it, the challenge is the, the mama or the daddy who has maybe three or four or five, one girl, a friend of mine has seven, you know, seven uh, little ones. Mm -hmm. The more children there are, well, now that energy has to be spread out across multiple children. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's easy for me to say, yeah, I pick up my little one and we went to the park or we did this. But when you got about four or five little mouths to feed, yeah. it's like you're on assignment. You get home, you bathe them, you do their homework, you feed them. By that time, look, it's bedtime. You got to get up and repeat the cycle, yeah. repeat the process. So how do you create these um, intentional moments or have these conversations when there's so many of them, them being the kids, and there's only maybe one or two of you? Like, how do you create these moments? Like, each mm. kid needs their moment. Yeah. But, the, you know what yeah. I mean? And see, D, now, like, let's, I'm sorry, man. <clears throat> I'm piggybacking off you because you are you, you're going. You just took a strong left, so I'm gonna go left with you too, bro. When you talk about somebody having multiple kids, this is my own personal opinion. I'm not looking for anybody to co-sign with me on this. If you, Dwight, asks, what if your child is already having sex? As a father of an 18-year-old daughter and a 16-year-old daughter, if you're telling me that your child is already having sex, I strongly suggest that you get that child on birth control. And let me tell you why. Because one, you can help them avoid having six or seven kids. Like this cycle doesn't have to continue. You can prevent them from yeah. having multiple abortions. I think sometimes parents look and say, well, you know what? A hard head makes for a soft butt. No, then you're, you're co-signing on them ruining their future. If they're already active, then you need to intervene and to help protect them because they don't have to have five kids by four different people or multiple abortions, et cetera. Now, I, I, I welcome feedback from all of the parents that are listening and whoever else is listening, because you'll give your feedback to send us messages. Tell us what you think. But I think that we need to start doing a little bit more practical, um, taking, taking more practical steps to protect our children. No, I agree. 
you you have to um, be prepared. And as fathers, if you have if your daughters are already having sex, well, what's the next practical step towards that? You know yep. what I mean? Like you said, Tim, as far as you know, birth birth control or you know condoms or things like that. The next practical step would be just that, because otherwise you have a child, you're 16 years old. Well, now you got to go. You still have to finish high school. Let's just think practical. You still you're still in high school. You know, your whole life is ahead of you. You still have to do the practical steps to finish what you have to do Mm -hmm. to create a life for this new child. Now, granted, I know of some um mothers or women who you know got pregnant at an early age and became phenomenal women absolutely in society and i i salute them and i applaud them and the thing is they sacrifice every single one of them i know Mm. they sacrifice to get to where they are and to make sure that this child had a life of of purpose and and meaning Mm -hmm. so we have to whatever parameters you want to put now, it might be against your faith to uh, practice safe sex. And, you know, you don't want to introduce birth control and you don't want to do this. Whatever you do, you still have to have these conversations with your children about what they're doing. Yeah. Now, D, you opened up a can of worms, bro, and we are out of time. So, no, 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 because you said it it before the call. You said, man, I think these are going to be like part one. And a part two. We are out of time. I didn't think he was going to finish. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, on behalf of Dwight James Jr., I'm Timothy T. Jones, and we will be back next week for part two. Don't miss it. Subscribe to our YouTube page by clicking the link below. There you'll find links to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Make sure you turn on your notifications so that you don't miss any future episodes. So until next time, thanks for tuning in to the session.